Thank you so much for tuning in to She's All Over the Place with Kiriaki. That's me. Welcome, welcome to She's All Over the Place. I am so excited to have you here and I am so excited to share my guest with you. He is from Mexico. His name is Peter O. Estevez. He was born in Mexico City and he migrated to the United States at the age of 10. Peter is an entrepreneur for over 25 years and is a partner in several companies in the energy, gas, and oil sector in Mexico. Peter is a philanthropist and an advocate for recovery and brain health, as well as the writer and author of his upcoming book, Coming Clean. 13 Steps to a Healthy Life. And he is the host of the top rated podcast. It's called Coming Clean Podcast. And I have went, I've listened to some of his podcasts ever since we were introduced, like maybe about six months ago. And his podcast actually is a lot like my podcast. He offers a lot of value, ethics, and morals. He gives entrepreneurs an opportunity to share their stories. He has a lot of women on. So he's about women empowerment, culture, spirituality, love, freedom, psychedelics. So definitely uh, check out Coming Clean Podcast um, after you're done listening to this episode and subscribe and follow his journey and follow him on social media. All the um, his social media links will be in the notes below. If you're listening to this, if you want a visual, you can pop over to YouTube and type in um, Katie Chinakis or she's all over the place and you can see our interview together today. So thank you, Peter, for joining me. How are you? I am terrific, Katie. Thank you for inviting me. Happy to be here. My pleasure. My pleasure. Yay. So, wow. I mean, ever since I was a little girl, I was always a seeker and I wanted to just accomplish so much and just, you know, see the world, literally travel the world and get involved in everything um, with culture and arts and, you know, you're cultured as well. And you came over to America and I heard in, you know, one of your prior podcasts, you were saying how we're all, um, you know, all people who migrate to America we're all kind of entrepreneurs. So tell us about your journey, how that started for you, maybe some of the mindsets that you naturally had as a youngster that were given to you, you know, by the by the gift of the universe. Thank you, Katie. And thank you for the introduction. You know, I migrated to the United States at the age of 10 years old. I migrated with my mom and dad and 12 of my siblings. So we're a family of 15. We migrated to South Texas and we might, my parents were blue collar people, uneducated. Uh, we're poor. We're a poor, poor family. I often say that we were so poor, we couldn't afford a dream. Uh, but the reality is that there was a lot of resourcefulness out of poverty. There's, a, you, you know, when you cited that comment about me saying that many immigrants are entrepreneurial by default, it's a reality. You know, we learn very early on the hustle, you know, how to create a buck, how to make a living, because it's more than anything, it's a state of survival, right? It's a means, it's a means to, to making a living. Uh, you know, I saw my father as an uneducated blue collar man, have multiple jobs and, and do many odd jobs just to be able to support uh, his children, his 13 children and his wife. So, so I very early on saw that my father worked very hard uh, and that he never gave up. He never surrendered. If one thing didn't work, he tried something else. So yes, I feel that in my bloodline, by default, I was an entrepreneur at a very young age, even when I didn't even know how to spell the word or what the word meant, okay? So as I went to life, I learned that some of the things to be successful, you need grit, you need hard work, you need commitment, you need dedication, you need to be persistent, and you can certainly not surrender. So those are the things that my father, even with his four, uh, at, at lack of education and not even knowing he was instilling in me and my siblings as we were growing up. You know, now coming to America uh, in the pursuit of the American dream, my parents had no idea what they were doing. 
that were just trying to provide a better life for their children. And did, they just assumed that by bringing them over the border, uh, providing, uh, you know, providing a better quality of life, that things were going to be better. But the reality is that we, when you are being raised by two uneducated parents, there's a likelihood that you are going to be somewhat uneducated unless you are very, very, very driven. Okay. So, you know, out of, uh, out of 13 children, I am one of the ones that was very persistent. I'm a middle, I'm a middle child. And for a very young age, I learned that if I didn't one that had me down to my older siblings, I had to work so I could buy my own jeans, my own t-shirts, my own Snickers, whatever it was that I wanted. And I also had to work to be able to contribute to the household to help my parents raise the family. That was just the reality. So yes, I think many immigrants flee their country, not because they're doing well. <laughs> they flee their country because they want to do better. Right. Yeah. That was the case of my parents. I just want to like commend you and honor you because my soul's crying through listening this right now with joy, because I also want to admire and acknowledge your courage and your bravery, because what you mentioned and you're so authentic about it, like, oh, you know, and humble, like we came from humble beginnings, we're poor. So how I identify with that is I have the roots of my grandparents coming from the old country from Greece. So I have those instilled roots as well well. But I was born in America. And so I had the TV and the culture of what was on TV and the American quote unquote dream. So I wasn't real and raw like you were, like I am now. I wasn't real and raw with that. I was ashamed of that. I carried so much shame and so much guilt about not coming from a Paris Hilton family. Like people would meet me and they're like, oh my God, like daddy's girl or something. But I have the same roots as you and the the work ethic. And we were taught those values. And, you know, I still have those till today, but I had to go through a lot of things as a young entrepreneur being in Michigan because, you know, and I grew up in Detroit. 30 minutes outside. So I had that raw Detroit energy, which I, a lot of people say it's like the same as like Oakland energy, but like I had that energy. I also was like this public persona of covering up who I was because I was scared to be vulnerable to show that although I had that hustlers quote unquote mentality, I think it's so beautiful. And, you know, for the viewer and the listener to tune in to hear that, because, you know, even though um, I just showed how I identify with you, it shows the differences in our past. You know, did you experience any of that shame um, that I'm talking about or any of the guilt that I'm talking about? Or was it, was there not even a cushion to think about those things because of your circumstances? No, absolutely. I felt, I felt a lot of shame and a lot of guilt. But that was that was later on in life as I became a teenager and I became became aware of my circumstances. Right. You become aware you, 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 you know, once I think there's a pivotal point at a certain age, primarily middle school, uh, freshman year in high school. You begin to see the differences, how people dress, how people talk, how people walk, how people are smarter than you, how people are dumber than you. You begin to notice the differences are very obvious, okay? And then the shame and guilt as to where I came from began to pour over me, okay? So I went from Pedro to Peter. I started disguising certain things about my identity because I was ashamed of where I came from. Mm. So my father drove an older car and I didn't want him to drive me to school or if he did, I wanted him to drop me off a couple of blocks before he got to school because he had drove a beat up car. So there was a lot of shame and guilt of where I came from. Okay. That is a process that a lot of us have to go through. I'm not ashamed to re, uh, to retell my story because that's not who I am. You know, mm -hmm. that's not, that is just where I came from. I had to go through a process of growth 
a process of transformation in order for me to become, to be able to share my story. You know, today I share my story, not because my story is unique or your story is unique. I share my story because my story is the story of many. And the moment that I have an opportunity to share my story, I also have an opportunity to give others an opportunity to identify themselves with my story. And I opened up the doors for them to be able to share their story as well. That's my job and my duty and my responsibility. Otherwise, I have not transformed. Otherwise, I'm still at living where I came from, right? So right. my responsibility today is, you, you know, I have been on a quest to grow, to evolve, to change. Today, I find that I am full and complete. I'm not any of that. I'm not a Mexican that crossed the border. I'm just a human being here in this world to serve the best that I can. Love you. Love you. Yes, yes. That's exactly, you're speaking directly to my soul, heart to heart. And it's who I am. I love what you're saying. And I hope others identify with, you know, what you're saying and follow along in that path because it's why we're here. It's truly the essence of why we're here to be the ripple effect, a mirror reflection for one another, to learn and grow from one another. And I love how you can just put yourself out there. And so I see that you, um, are you an art collector? How are you in the art world? I also want to say um, the opening of your podcast and the end of your podcast, you have this really dope artist and on all your social media, you're always like in the hip hop culture community. And I know like you have a swag about you and it's like super cool. Who is the artist that does uh, the opening and closing for your intro and outro of your podcast? I actually had a gentleman, uh, Johnny Austin out of Canada, that actually did the, uh, that, that song was designed for my podcast, the intro and the outro. I learned something a very long time ago. I had become my father growing up right? Because that's what we did. That's what we model, right? And at some point, I felt a disconnect between I have a 21 year old son today. Uh, and I became a single father when my son was seven years old. And I raised him as a single father. And I really, really remember a pivotal point in my life when I realized that my father and I did not have anything in common. Then when I, my father went from me, my hero to be my zero, when I realized, and I don't say that, but, you know, I, I love my father. I love who he is. And I am extremely grateful for everything they taught me. But this is where I was at that point in my life. I realized that he was not as smart as I thought he was. I realized that he knew the things that I needed to learn in order to move along in life. And I remember that pivotal moment when my son was seven years old. I realized that I didn't want my son to feel about me the way I felt about my father, okay? That I had a responsibility to break that cycle of dysfunction, that I had a responsibility to make sure that I don't, that I didn't pass on ignorance, lack of knowledge, lack of information, access to information, opportunities, whatever it was. It not that my parents did not want to give them to me. They just didn't know how. They didn't have the tools, the knowledge, the know-how. They could only give me what they had. But they also gave me an opportunity to pick up from the left and to gain my own experiences. And I wanted to teach that to my son. So when my son uh, was seven years old and I was a single father, I wanted to make sure that I was relatable, that I didn't carry on the old tradition from my country, from my grandparents, because if, I, if, if we're not a student of history and we don't see what has happened in our own personal history, we are bound to repeat the same mistakes. Well, I noticed that if my parents were broke and poor, I was more than likely to repeat the history if I didn't do something different. And what that different meant was that I had to change everything about me in order to break that cycle. So I was committed to be connected with what was going on in the world, you know, to learn, to be educated, to learn emotional intelligence, to dive into personal development, 
to understand the culture, to understand my son's culture. It was not my son's responsibility to understand me or my culture or my generation because my culture and my generation were becoming obsolete, okay? His generation was the leading generation, the growing generation, the generation of the future. So why is he responsible to be adopted to me? No, I'm responsible to be, to adapt to his generation, to his culture, to his needs, to his music, to his technology, to what's going on in social media. So I dove in uh, very deeply to make sure that I became relatable, that I became, that I was a father that had communication, that I that he and I could talk about something and have something in common. So I made him part of my decision making and we became a unit. We became a household unit. It was no longer a dictatorship. It was not over from the top down. It was a family unit. We were the, we were the Peter and Alan Corporation and every decision that happened in that household was going to affect the both of us. So therefore, we both have to make the decisions together. And that made the, you know, a lot of people say, your son is very lucky to have you. No, I am very lucky to have my son and the opportunity to be able to relearn the world and see it from his sides and not my own It's in awe. And I hope every parent hears your words because seriously, it's just, I love it. Thank you so much. It's so beautiful. And and honestly, I just must say, I feel I've been um, very selfish because I don't have children yet. And I waited a long time when I was little, I always knew I was having children later on in life because I wanted to have a career. So in a certain respect, all of my businesses have been my babies. I've been birthing all these ideas. I've been birthing all these babies. And now I've had all these experiences. And now I'm at the time where I'm going to, you know, it's going to be the time as a woman to be able to, you know, have that beautiful experience and everything happens how it's supposed to. And I, like I said, I knew I was having children later on, but this just makes me want to get going because to have that, <laughs> that neurological connection and to build the empathy and the kinship and the patterns of the bonds and and to have that responsibility is such an honor and to be evolved. But I very think a lot, I think for me, I saw when I was young, a lot of people who were younger, who were having children, they were doing what you said, putting that old stuff onto their children. I didn't want to do that. So I wanted to wait till later. So I fully had my cup full. So I fully knew myself inside and out. So I wouldn't put that onto another child, right? To break generational trauma, some say. So, right. so, uh, but yeah, it, um, it's really endearing and it makes me just want to like jump in there. So. <laughs> oh. you will, in, in, in due time, you will. Yes, yes. God willing, if it's when it's meant to be. Yeah. 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 So this kind of shifts me into it can be, um, you know, all the things you, we've been talking about, anything, an art book, um, an entrepreneurial book, a spiritual book, any like uh, a book or two that um, you learned along the way that you would suggest to the viewer, the listener to say, hey, this really supported me along the way. Maybe you read it more than once. Um, that's fine, too. The one book that comes that comes to mind right away, because he's someone that I have, I was identified with. And I don't know why, maybe because he has that also, yet he is so, uh, so connected to the world is Robin Sharma and is a 5 a.m. club, okay? Okay. And, and Robin and I have had an opportunity to, to have, I had him on the podcast and we built somewhat of a relationship and had a, you know, some personal moments where we were ever to talk about some of our personal uh, challenges in life as human beings, right? But I, I, I always wanted to learn. I've always studied other people that, that wanted to change who they are in order to become better, right? And, and, and I have always been interested in what is it the successful people do in order to, to be that 1%, right? In order to, to have that magical 
black that we all aspire for. And his book, The 5 a.m. Club, was probably one of my biggest, my, my biggest be- teacher. And I've read that book a couple of times. Mm-hmm. You know, he talks about the daily practices people do in order to, to develop, to perform at peak performance. That's one of my favorite books, Tribe of uh, uh, Titans by uh, Tim Ferriss. It also is a collection of many stories of very successful people. So I like to read that kind of stuff. I, you know, as, as you and I talked before the podcast, I am deep in my feet in the personal development space. And I was introduced to Mind Valley in 2010, I think it was. You know, when I was going through through a lot of personal changes, you know, I was a mm-hmm. single father raising a son of my own. I just gone through a very uh, contentious divorce. My mother had passed away. My father had passed away. And at first I was beginning to look at things as there were losses. And really what I didn't realize was that I was pruning. I was going through a, a part of my life where, where I was shedding the things that God or the universe or nature were ready to take away from me to give me an opportunity to become my own, to become full, to become complete. So I wanted a deep and profound search and a quest for who am I, what am I, and what is my purpose? I, you know, at a very young age, I had an opportunity to become very successful. By the age of 24, I built a huge real estate uh, business and I was a multimillionaire at that time, you know, but I was only, I would build things up and I would, uh, and I would sabotage it. I would sabotage the relationships. I would sabotage the businesses, the friendships, the partnerships, everything, because I didn't feel fully complete. And the reality is that the reason I didn't feel fully complete was because I was bringing to the boardroom, to the marriage, to the relationships, to the partnerships, to the businesses, that broken little boy that crossed the border when he was 10 years old. Okay. I was, I had held on to him and I wanted him to, to be part of everything. And I had not learned to let that go. And it was my introduction to personal development to Vishnu Nekiani and me Googling him on the internet, how do I become a better person that I was introduced to that space of personal development. Although I had met, uh, been to one of Tony Robinson's events many, many years ago, it didn't click at the time. Mm-hmm. It was not relatable. Okay. Because yeah. I was not ready. You know, the student was not ready. Okay. I was ready in 2010 or 2009, whatever, whenever it was. And the messages started pouring in. You know, mm-hmm. I, I learned about Michael Beckwith. I learned about Lisa Nichols. I learned about Jim Quick. I learned about Vishen Lakiani. And I learned about a lot of the spiritual leaders personal development gurus, people like John Ansara, people like like uh, John Demartini, and, and, and many of those incredible thought leaders that have paved the way for a lot of people to be transformed in their lives. And I knew that I needed to anchor my, my vision into them to follow what they were doing in order for me to change and transform. And here I am today. You know, today I, I, I am happy that I made that choice because that opportunity allowed me to become a better father, a better member of my community, a member with a purpose and a mission, a better entrepreneur, a better businessman, a better leader, a better brother, a better friend, a better member of my community. Everything that I always wanted to be, I am it now. I am it today. I don't feel apart from, I feel part of. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not the guy that had the imposter syndrome, you know, that I had to drink, uh, you know, take many shots of alcohol in order for me to feel like I was empowered. And I fit in. Now, today I can do it just by showing up and being present and being available 
and being transparent and being genuine. Love it. Love it. Yeah, I totally identify with what you're saying on different levels and circumstances. But I, as an artist, I would build myself up and then rip myself down and build myself up and rip myself down. And one of my shamans, um, shaman Harry Paul, like he would tell me, he's like, you have, you are so powerful. You could just build it up or you could just like burn the place down. But I would do it. And I, I didn't know I was doing it. And then I would be on a track and then I would, I would be like at the 99%. And then I would like abandon it, drop and just run in the opposite direction. And I did this for so many years. I was just going so wild in a labyrinth. I was like making myself confused just so like I was playing my own psychological mind games with myself. And then I started noticing the patterns because I was so unaware I was doing it. But then I started being aware of the patterns that I was doing it. And then being able to, you know, catch it, catch it more and more, catch it and nip it in the butt Mm -hmm. to not self-sabotage, to build something up, to stay committed, to be consistent, to go all the way through instead of getting to that point and then abandoning it and and being self-destructive and and letting it go. I I know what you mean. Vision, he has um, the the six-phase meditation. Do you do his six-phase? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I do it. I do it almost every other day because I like to alternate the meditations. Mm-hmm. And the sixth phase is a visualization meditation that you are able to meditate and at the same time visualize your 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 goals. Everything from gratitude to making amends to people you might have had controversy with to visualize your your three year plan, your daily plan, every your gra- everything, everything. I do it. I do it frequently. As a matter of fact, that I a firm believer, Katie, that I have what it, what you call the five pillars: physical, mental spiritual, emotional, and financial. And I believe that if you tend to those every single day, if you maintain it, okay, you transition from operating from a state of survival into a state of flow. You no longer time travel. You don't think about the past or the future. You become present and in the now. And when you are present in the now, you are able to see with clarity who you are, what you are, and what you want to become, okay? And you can only do that by tending to those five pillars on a daily basis. Not every other day, not whatever you feel like it, not whatever is convenient for you, but every single day. It is a muscle that you work on every single day. It's like going to the bank and making a deposit. So for those rainy days when you don't feel like doing it, you have enough money in the bank in order for you to be able to coast and be able to see things fly from a different perspective. So what happens today is I don't have to worry about my demons, my insecurities, my, my, my fears. I'm able because I am constantly working on myself. I'm able to predict when a negative thought is coming. I'm able to feel when I am sabotaging myself. I'm able to see why maybe I'm working on a project, Katie, for example, and I want to back away from it. I'm 99%. And now I, I said, no, I'm going to drop it. No, I'm three feet from goal. Why do I want to drop it? Why do I want, I don't want to drop it. I want to drop it now because I'm afraid to be more successful than where I'm at. I'm afraid of the change. I'm afraid of the uncertainty. I'm afraid of what's coming. So I am, as long as I operate from a state of single consciousness, not subconscious consciousness, but single consciousness, when I completely perfect uh, present, I can make decisions that prevent me from sabotaging myself. And it's taking a lot of work. It's Mm. taking a lot of years, but it's all worth it. It's all worth it. Yeah. Um, I took a class at Agape. Have you been to Agape, Michael Beckwith? I have not been to Agape. I I, I met Michael at at Mind Valley, as as you know, in fact, in San Diego. 
and we actually in talks to have him on the podcast. Uh, oh yeah, but, but I have not been to Agape. Uh, yeah, so I loved it. They have a they have a, he has a university program and yeah. his book Spiritual Liberation. I did I did that. I wanted to do the one on communication, but I ended up doing the Spiritual Liberation first. You know, for the listener and the viewer, definitely check out uh, mindvalley.com and definitely check out uh, Michael Beckwith. Uh, he has the Agape Center if you're in Los Angeles. So um, it's a beautiful community there. Yeah, really cool. Um, you were mentioning all uh, the five pillars and and having everything like the coin tokens in the bank to be able to coast. So on the days you're doing, you're doing, but you need to just have like, say you're taking a holiday for two weeks, obviously, you know, working on social media or from your mobile is so remote and fluent these days, which is awesome. But do you sector like, okay, um, I'm going to maybe even on my days off, I'm going to stay in bed and just like binge watch on marathons or something like that, just to soak up the personal soul entertainment to be inspired as research and education. Does that all kind of go into the five pillars or how do you rest and repair to be able to thrive? I'm a human being, uh, Katie, and I want to enjoy life. I I don't want to be robotic, right? I don't to deprive myself. I truly believe that somebody that says things are non-negotiable, that's baloney. That, you know, we have to be self-care, okay? It's not selfish. So for me to want to bend watch Netflix once every once in a while, there's nothing wrong with that, okay? However, what I may not do with that day, I may not get up at five or six or seven o'clock in the morning. I may slip in and I may not do my rituals consistently throughout, you know, like my regular routine. But in between throughout my day, I may do, you know, uh, at some point, I'm going to do my journaling. At some point, I'm going to do my reading. At some point, I'm going to do my meditation. At some point, I'm going to do my, my journaling. At some point, I'm going to write my goals. Now, I still do them, Katie. Why do I do them? Because they, I have learned that my rituals, okay, they're sacred. You know, they're, 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 they're everything to me. They give me the quality of life that I was looking for all of my life and did not know how to achieve or obtain. They give me that rush of dopamine that I was looking for on another woman, on a new car, on alcohol, on whatever, okay? If I'm able to get a rush of dopamine, a, 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 a rush of a high, a natural high in life and enjoy I'm not going to give up something that I've been chasing all of my life, right? I get them naturally. They're good for me. I may not be as rigid to say, okay, today I got to get up at five because I want to, no, I may pause my my series of Netflix that I'm doing and I may meditate for 20 minutes and then I get back to it and I may watch another two, three series and then I journal and I may, you know, I easy up on myself, but I do not not do it. I don't zero myself out. I don't do that. Okay. The only thing that I may not do, uh, and, and, and that for me is a little difficult is when I travel and I travel a lot. I commute frequently between my home here in Houston. Um, I used to have a place in LA, my place in LA and my place in Mexico City. So a lot of times when I travel, I may not do my work. Workout, okay. Uh, but the minute that I get back and I have a regular routine, I do my workouts on a regular basis. But okay? you can, but you can journal while you're traveling well, exactly. and you're working out your mind. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you know, like, like for example, if I'm on a plane and I'm going to be on a plane for, for three, four hours, you know, to my destination, I'm going to journal. I'm going to read. I'm going to listen to a podcast. I'm going to do my gratitude list. I'm going to do my prayers. I'm going to do everything. You can answer those 30 emails while Ex- in flight. Exactly. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. do all of that. I am very conscious of my time. I am very conscious of my intake. I am very conscious of creating boundaries that are around things that are not good for me, okay? I do not go back to everything I ran away from. I don't. I don't. You know, I'm not curious of what happened 
to my childhood neighborhood when I was 40, you know, 30 years ago, 35 years ago. I don't care. I yeah. don't care. We just have, we have to let that go. Like uh, I was saying, Shaman Harry Paul, he's like, we live, we live in this world uh, vertical. It's the source energy up and yes. down. Ah. When we're doing uh, horizontal, jagged, oh, this car accident from 10 years yeah. ago. Oh, my childhood. You're bringing this stale energy like the ocean chopping into your new abundance of flow that's straight up and down. And we're human, so we all do it. But being conscious to not do it and being conscious of our environment, of who we're around, if they're doing it and stop. Uh, Shaman Durek, another person, he'll call people out like Shaman Durek, like, okay, honey, if you're going to tell me something for two minutes, three minutes, but if you're going to be at this whole lunch for 40 minutes talking about blah, like I got to go. Like, like, like you said, you're conscious of your time. Like it's, it's not okay to just be blowing on other people. That's why you have the journaling and like psychotherapy and, and, and listening to podcasts to be able to journal and sort it out and have a trusted space of who you can and trusted sources of key people we can actually talk to, to get it out. Cause it's important attention goes where energy flows so get that energy out so it's not stagnant inside of our body but having a release through communication swimming working out journaling now when you journal is it just free flow journaling you just it's free flow it's free flow whatever comes to mind you know there's not there's not a format you know a lot of times i start with well (laughs) you know i don't know what i'm going to journal today and then the inspiration flows. So the reality is that what I found for me, you know, I've been in recovery for 21 years. Okay, I've been sober for 21 years. Um, you know, I battled with alcohol for a long time. And when I surrender, you know, and, and, and people confuse surrender by giving up. No, surrender is giving in. Giving in to yourself and saying, I have an opportunity to be better. Who am I? Allow myself to discover myself. And that's what I did when I gave up addiction. My addiction to alcohol. The, the point is that I, yeah, it's free flow journaling. And uh, very early on in my journaling, I, it was almost like a therapy class for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was able to address a lot of the things that I had in my mind swirling around. A lot of those thoughts that were chasing me, haunting me, bothering me. You know, I, I noticed that 99% of the people, they're talking to themselves. They don't have a clear mind to enjoy what's out there available. They're time traveling. How insane is that? And I know it's insane because I did it for a very long time. I was trying to solve all my problems in my head that had mm-hmm. problems that had not even happened, that didn't even exist. I was creating them. Okay. When I let go of all of that, I had the energy, I had the vision, I had the presence, and I had the opportunity to tend to myself. When I tend to myself, I'm not operating from, from a position of defense. I'm operating from a position of offense. I know what's coming at me. I know how to deal with it. Okay. I don't have to be whispering to myself a million different thoughts. I don't need to. I early on I learned I started journaling. I answer a lot of the a lot of the questions. I wrote countless, countless of immense letters to people of things that I had done or they had done to me. But I needed to let go. I needed, I wanted that energy to flow. I want my body to be a vessel of positive energy, not a stagnation, not a not a, a, a toxic pond. I want to be positive. I want to be able to radiate when people see me. I want people to be happy to be around me. And I know for a long time, I was toxic. I was toxic, okay? Nobody wanted to be around me. I didn't want to be around me, okay? I kept running away from me. 
I've done that too. It's called, um, in my acting class, Susan Batson, she's Nicole Kidman's personal acting coach for over 20 years. Oprah, Julia Binoche, Madonna, Susan Batson, she's great. She has a book called Truth. It's so good. It's just Truth, T-R-U-T-H. But she was saying, intimacy, into me see. I was so scared to look inside myself. How could I be with someone else and trust another person when I didn't even know if I could fully trust myself? So that's when the, the work starts inside. So... That's beautiful. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. I want to um, pivot and deep dive into uh, what's next for you. I know you're doing something in your Latin community. Can you share a bit about your exciting new projects you have coming up? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, October 13, 14, and 15, uh, I have partnered up with Tim Story. And Tim Story is a celebrity in his own mind. He just released his book, The, the Miracle Mentality. He's Oprah's personal life coach. He's, been, he's coached people like Robert Diamond Jr., Charlie Chin, and many, many other incredible personalities, Kenny West, and, 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 and the list goes on and on. Tim and I had partnered up together to, to put together a, a live uh, remote and live in-person event uh, from Las Vegas, uh, from the Warrior Studios, which is a new facility. It's a 360-degree uh, floor-to-ceiling uh, uh, LED panel screen that can simultaneously translate into multiple languages. And you can have a person-to-person communication on a live remote where you're both are interacting. And we're doing a, an event called Excelente. is a first leadership and personal development global summit for the Latin community. As I mentioned to you before we got started, uh, I in the last 12 years, I have dove in deeply into the personal development space. I have been to many, many events, and I have yet to see somebody that looks like me, speaks like me, talks like me, or comes from my culture. Okay? No, no, me either, yo. You are bad. You are, you're like a boss. You have like this swag. You're like, you're so cool. I'm like, oh, yeah, who is this person? I love it. And I love what you're talking about. And actually, I'm with the union, the Screen Actors Guild, and there's a huge Latin community. And I would love to, as an artist, as an advocate, um, a supporter, of you and your mission of what you're doing. I would love to bridge a connection and even be, you know, the, the, yeah, the connection to the liaison, get this um, packet over to um, SAG-AFTRA. And so we can share this as a virtual so we can promote it. So then the Latin community of artists who are in the movies and TV, who are musicians, they can be a part of what you have created. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, we're doing something very similar to what, what, uh, Grant Cardone has done with his 10X uh, program. When Grant Cardone puts together a 10X conference, he has people like Mayweather, uh, John Travolta, and many of the of the great artists, right? We're bringing together uh, Canelo, which is uh, the world's uh, uh, highest uh, paid boxer, uh, Latin boxer. Jay Boplin, who is a Colombian uh, rapper, who is very, very, Eva Longoria, who has been in many, many, many Latin and, and, and has done an incredible crossover into Hollywood. Uh, we're bringing together George Lopez, uh, Fluffy, who is a comedian, uh, Oscar de la Hoya, former boxer, King Ryan, uh, Cheekies, and many, many other celebrities in order to, to create a movement, literally a movement, to introduce a personal development and emotional intelligence uh, opportunities into the Latin community. You know, uh, 
what what you and I have learned in Mind Valley is not available in our communities. There's no Latin uh, Latin person development speakers. Okay, and if they are, they're not mainstream. We don't know about them. Okay, I want to yeah. be able to capture the little Peter at six years old when he's going through those traumas. Instead of him seeing somebody that he doesn't understand or relate to, if he sees somebody with the same color skin, with the same accent, with yeah. the same background that has been over to overcome the challenges that, the, 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 that, that he was faced with and went from being a, a victim to a victor, okay, and now is a champion of causes, that kid is going to be able to trans, change and transform his life. Yeah. I want to be able to bring an opportunity for future generations to come. Love that. Introducing that into that space. Yeah, we should also check out the Latin community in Michigan where I grew up because I'm friends with a lot of judges and um, people in Michigan and um, people who want to do events. So maybe I could be a, a local speaker and an advocate for the love Latin it. community in Michigan for you, like a liaison. Uh, love to, I love it. that. I love it. I love it because I'm I come from Greek culture, so it's like this. It's the same thing. It's culture. And short story. I love Eva Longoria. She has evasheroes.org. And Absolutely. I, I play poker, and she's really good friends with Phil Helmuth. He's amazing. And so she flew me into Texas. I don't know if she's still living there, but she flew me in to be a part of her Eva's Heroes event for her her charity. Yeah, she used to live in San Antonio. Yes. Yes. Well, yes. she was married to Tony Parker, and they all yeah. we yeah, spent. They were, they, were, they were my neighbors when I lived in San Antonio. Yeah. Yeah, well, I went there because because yeah. of them. So, well, because yeah. of her. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's so cool. So um, I know we're wrapping up here. I, I want to say, I know it's a it's a very quick thing, but for um, maybe more on the financial side, you know, for, for people who maybe, you know, had the business going and everything was destructive because of, you know, whatever life takes turns, or maybe it's, they always say, and you know this, once you make your first million and you lose it, you could just make it again so easy because you know how to do it. So that, applies to 10,000 or 100,000 or whatever. So so what what about for the person, you know, who is, you know, in a place where they want to scale and they don't know how to scale and and how to bridge connections and cultivate uh, quality to maybe find something that's sustainable for for them to to build as an entrepreneur? Because you said there's five pillars, but where, where are some places they can start and actionable steps they can do for financial gain in today's world post or, you know, you know, I don't want to say post-pandemic because we're still in it. Yeah, th- th- there's a couple of things that I th- th- that I want to tend to. And, and one of them is that we don't have business problems. We have personal problems that we take into the business, okay? And when you when your house is in order, you know, when, when I dove in deep into the personal development space, when I started putting my personal files in order, I became a better businessman. I, I was able to have an opportunity to see opportunities that I was not able to see before because I was operating from a state of survival instead of from a state of clarity, okay? So the first thing that I would recommend, and, and as much, everybody wants a, 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 we live in a immediate gratification society, right? And everybody wants a quick fix, but there's no quick fix, but there's a lot of fixes, okay? So if you're able to take care of yourself, first of all, okay, put your house in order, tend to those five pillars, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and financial, by developing some very simple rituals, exercise, Prayer, affirmations, meditation, journaling, gratitude, reading, learning, 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 and learning. Okay. And if you're also able to, what got you here in any business, what got you into a business from $10,000 or your first sale to whatever number you are selling today, $100,000 or $10,000, whatever it is, it's not going to get you to your 
to a million dollars. You have to look at what you need to do differently. That means that now you need to start looking at different people to help you scale your business, okay? You don't only look at yourself, but you look at the people that surround you, okay? If you are trying to scale a business from $100,000 to a million dollar business, you need to start associating yourself with people that are running million dollar businesses. You cannot be associated with people that are running $100,000 businesses, okay? So you need, you know, what social media has done is given us an opportunity to have access to people that we have never had an opportunity to have access to, okay? There used to be two, three degrees of separation. Today, I firmly believe that we walk shoulder to shoulder to one another. There is no three degrees of separation, okay? You cannot have access to any major influencer. If You can go to Clubhouse, and literally, I've been in Clubhouse, okay? Uh, if you don't know what Clubhouse is, it's, 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 it's an app, it's a social media app that people have different chat rooms and you can go in there and learn about different topics. Anything about how to, you know, enhance your, your image and social media to how to scale your business to whatever. But you are able to learn from experts, you know. So if, if you can go to you can go to Clubhouse and, and be in chat rooms with people that are running million-dollar companies that are going to be able to give you advice and are going to be able that are going to be able to help you scale your business. You know, we are the total sum of the five people that we spend the most time with. Who is your five? Who is your five? Who is that five group of people? You know, if somebody, if, if in your five people, if you want to scale your business, if in your five people, those people are not doing things that you, if you're the smartest guy out of those five, you're in the wrong five group. Yeah. You really are. Yeah. I saw that you had the uh, JT Fox on your podcast too. I, I had JT on, the, on my podcast and JT is very controversial, but I love the guy. Yeah, right? me too. I love, love Me too. Me too. Yeah. I, 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 I love the guy. And, and I had Glenn Lundy and I had had a lot of the people from Clubhouse on my podcast. Why? Because at the time, that's what was trending, you know, mm -hmm. between, between between December of, of, of uh, 2020 and up to about April, uh, May, I mean, Clubhouse was it. If you were in there, you, 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 I, there was a lot to be. Oh, know, I was in there. I was in yeah, there on yeah, World Poetry I, Day. I had a 12 hour event on World Poetry Day yeah. when I released my poetry book. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I had an opportunity to, to host stages. I brought in Mark Randolph, the co founder of Netflix. I brought in Dr. John DeMartini. I hosted a room with John Asaroff. I hosted a room with Stephen Kotler, the expert on flow. So the reality is that you don't have to have your five people, your inner circle, can be a cyber inner circle, okay? If you don't have access to them, study them. Go listen to their podcast. Go buy their books. Go follow them on social media. Stop following stupid rappers, stupid people that don't bring no value to you or to your life. Curate your life in every aspect from who you follow in social yeah. media, from the music you listen to, from the people you chose to be around, from everything that you take, take, ache, whatever you take in, it, you are taking in their energy. Do you want good energy or bad energy? If their energy frequency is low, I don't want it. If their energy frequency is high and better than mine, I want it. I totally. want to swim on it. I want to bathe on it. I want to swim in it. Just Sun that simple. Sunbathe in it on, on the Aegean Sea. And, yes. and to encapsulate what you're saying, the beginning, you were saying, like, clean up your house. So you weren't, for the people who are like, I don't have a house. Well, not your physical house, your spiritual house, your temple, like clean yes. that up. And yes. then also at the end of what you were saying, through what you were saying is like, check the ego of the mind because the, the mind is a tool and it's an illusion. So we're not Google, we're not Apple, we're not these big brands, but you don't, you can curate, like you said, and cultivate with the five and to curate from within and have a boutique quality 
sustainability entrepreneurial standpoint and be connecting with people that way with and having little quality hubs instead of thinking you need this like massive thing Diddy did back in the day. Those are like the, that's we're not in the nineties anymore. You know what it's I mean? Not, like, it's not, like, it's, not. It, it's yeah. slow and easy and consistency. Yeah. Yeah. I love, love, love you energy. I love to connect with you some more. Yeah. 11, 11, 11, 11. What, what? So <laughs> uh, yeah, and we'll, we'll definitely keep, keep it going. I would love to raise the vibration. Absolutely. Um, do you do Kundalini yoga? I don't. I oh, don't. You'll love it. R Kundalini is all about raising the energy. I, Kundalini is my favorite. I'll, I'll send you some stuff on it, but I don't know. This is, this is kind of a big question, but maybe you can get to the, um, a point of it. Cause I know you have a lot of, um, female bosses on your podcast and in the world of everything we were speaking about and a lot of females are on my show and me personally i've gone through this as well being in entertainment traveling the world for over two decades and how to connect with certain individuals that are you know of the opposite sex or even you know females have these issues gay boys have these issues men have these issues with females who are more powerful whereas there's that that line of when they're abusing power and knowing ethics, morals, and values and boundaries to say this person just wants to like sexually get with me for some reward or some people are manipulating and using other people and not being authentic. And you've seen that along the way. I know you, you've been going at it for over 25 years. So um, you, have, you definitely have uh, a decade on me. So how can you kind of cut through that being a father and experiencing that for almost three decades now? Advice to women and maybe, you know, gay boys out there or, or it happening to men as well of uh, how to delegate some tips and tools of how to navigate around those things so people aren't selling their their soul for they're not selling their dream for for a promise and then they're feeling undervalued and then they're feeling like they're not getting what they thought they were going to get when a lot of times it was all in their head but they were only manipulating themselves really uh, absolutely that's an incredible question it is it's, it's a lengthy there's a lengthy answer to that but the short the, the short answer to that is you know i think that that we we every human being vibrates from two energies okay from a male and female energy okay and 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 i think we need to learn we need to learn how to be sensitive to both energies it's taken me a lot of work in order for me to be able to establish incredible relationships with women. Okay. I used to have a hard time having relationships with women because I used to believe that you know sex was love and love was sex. That was it. That was it. It was very I, I and I had a dysfunctional relationship with my father. It was only until I had my house in order, until I became authentic with myself. Every problem stems from us. Period. End of story. When we are fully balanced, we know how to charter the waters of whatever ocean we're swimming in. End of story. If you are balanced with yourself, you know how to walk away from a situation that does not serve you. If you are balanced with yourself, you're able to create boundaries with people that are respecting you or not giving you the value you deserve. If you have boundaries with yourself, if you know who you are, you are able to give the best version to yourself and receive the best version to yourself. And the reality is this, Katie, we attract who we are and what we are, okay? Not what we pretend to be, okay? So the minute that you become authentic, the quality of your relationships are going to be better. The minute that you love yourself, people are going to learn to love you. The minute that you respect yourself, people are going to respect you. The minute that you bring value to the world, the world will bring value to you. Yes. Oh my God, I have chills all over. 
Everyone, thank you for tuning in. Peter O. Estevez, please check out Coming Clean Podcast. Be on the lookout for his new book. Uh, Listen to all his episodes. And I definitely know you'll really enjoy hearing his voice and tuning in more with him. Thank you so much, Peter, for being here and your moments and sharing your stories. And I would definitely love to have you back on She's All Over the Place in the near future. Absolutely. Katie, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You have an incredible energy. Thank you for the opportunity. Look forward to connecting with you. My pleasure. Okay. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to She's All Over the Place. Ciao, ciao. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Kiriaki, over and out.